I'm Roger Sanchez. Welcome to The Hustle, a regular series where we sit down with some of the most interesting and influential people in music, media, sport, and culture and talk about the business side of life. Now, we're back in the studios of Revolution 93.5 today, just around the corner from my place here in Miami. I'm not going to tell you exactly where that is, but Miami's drawn me here. During the Miami Music Week, so many people come into town, so many parties, but definitely there's one party that I always definitely want to go check out, and everybody says, okay, we got to go. It's from the man who's created an entire scene and sound in electronic music with his label, Dirty Bird. Some people know him by his God-given name, by Barkley Crenshaw, but you and I probably know him more as Mr. Claude Von Stroke. Thank you for joining us on The Hustle, my man. Thanks for having me. So for those of you who've been living under the rock and don't know, mm. Claude Von Stroke, and I'm going to keep on calling him that because it's going to be just That's a lot cool. easier for everybody to kind of get it. He was born in Cleveland, Ohio, via Detroit, and was now based in L.A., and he had his own radio show in high school. In L.A., his first work was in the movies as a location scout and production assistant. He set up the Dirty Bird label with his wife, Andy, which has gone on to become one of the most respected electronic imprints in the world. He's released five studio albums, remixed pretty much everyone, from Rihanna to the Chemical Brothers, Disclosure, and Fiddy Legrand. And he's behind the seminal underground tracks like Vocal Chords. My man, Claude Von Stroke. Thank you. Now, Thanks just, for the intro. <laughs> you know, we, we like to give people a little <laughs> bit of the background. Yeah, that's cool. Because I think a lot of people know artists and DJs more by like their names and the tracks they drop rather than yeah. giving them a bit of You're right. the overview. I need to take some notes for your radio show. Now, I'm, you know what it is? I've been paying attention to yours. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Now, listen, for those of you, for those of the people who don't really know you yeah. that well, give us a bit of your back history, a little bit of the, what I like to call the Marvel Comics origin story. Yeah, so I... I was born in Cleveland, and we moved to Detroit when I was a kid, and uh, I got really influenced by the radio in Detroit. I, I used to listen to this show, uh, this DJ called Electrifying Mojo, and he was like a really special kind of DJ who played Parliament, Beastie Boys, Run DMC, Juan Atkins, across the board. Jeff Mills, Prince. He was like really good friends with Prince, so... Prince oh, would call him on the phone. Like, he was an amazing DJ, and he would come down in a spaceship every night. <laughs> like, the sound effects. That, that's and, an intro. And he had a club called the Midnight Funk Association, and I had a card and everything. Like, it was an amazing radio show. And I really, like, in Cleveland, we didn't have that, and mm-hmm. I was also a little kid. But that really changed my music perspective. And I don't think, I just assumed that everyone in America had that kind of a Thing to listen to, and yeah. I didn't realize until I was much older that nobody was listening That's to that real stuff special. in like 1983 yeah. or whatever. That didn't exist. That's real special. So that was really where it started. And I played the cello at that time for no. like 14 years. I played the cello, but then I was like, "Oh, forget the cello." You, I'm, I'm not, not you want to laugh? <laughs> yeah. I used to play the clarinet. There you go. <laughs> we can all be uncool. I think. I, no, listen. <laughs> I think being uncool is about the. It's actually thing you cool be, to, to learn classical music. Yeah. Well, it gives you actual real yeah. music basis, you know. And it's I, super, yeah, it's very valuable in the studio, just like just hearing the notes and things. Yeah, you know what what what's interesting to me is so you started off as a kid listening, consuming everything. Mm-hmm. When did you make that transition to being a DJ, or actually just the crazy you, thing is, I bought a four track recorder at like whatever it was it wasn't even Guitar Center, but whatever yeah. that was at that time, and I made rap music. 
but I didn't know anything and I didn't know anyone. And so I made music for a really long time and I had no connections. I had no mentor. Real I didn't stuff. live in Brooklyn, so nobody could teach me how to scratch. <laughs> like nobody knew anything yeah. where I lived. And then, uh, so I got a really late start, even though I made music the entire time, I didn't really break out until I was like 32. What did that early music sound like? I made a lot of, I made an entire rap album in high school. Then I made kind of like the bass type uh, of like like or it was no, it like, like more East like Coast, sh- like East Coast, more like, East Coast hip hop uh, sample bass. Yeah, yeah, totally. Is and it, then uh, yeah, I was big, big Wu-Tang. into Eric B and Rakim. Yeah, Tribe Called Quest, all the classic uh, people. Us, us New Yorkers definitely got got around yeah. with that. Yeah, I mean that was the best. And then uh, then I got really into jungle drum and bass, and I made a lot of that. But I was I didn't understand the club. I mean, you know how, like, um, I was like a kid that I didn't go to the club yet. Yeah. So I was just making whatever I wanted at my house, so I didn't understand the, dynamics the value of, of, of how the it works club. on the floor. Yeah. So my jungle was just insane. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no, like, DJ intro. You Straight know? in. Right. So, like, I, that took me, I, I started, my friend in Detroit started taking me to raves when I was, like, I really o- older, like twenty four or something, mm-hmm. and then I was like, "Oh, now I okay. get it. Oh, so that's what this is what's do. going on, <laughs> and this is, and that changed everything again for me. And I was like, "Oh, so this is how it works, and like this is what people do." And then I just started really getting into it, and then I made like this whole documentary film about it because I was always in film world. That's when you lived in L.A., right? Yeah, I should have got you to be on it. It was like everybody. I wish I, I wish you would have. It was like everybody that was kind of popular who I could get on email in like 2000. You know what's crazy? You know what's crazy? <laughs> the fact that now everyone's on social media and you could literally, whether one somebody yeah. wants to answer you or not, you could literally hit everybody up right. on DM. People don't understand how much work it yeah, took. Yeah, I had to, to really bust my people. ass. And I would come down here. Yeah, Miami. And, and I would nail like 16 interviews. Just because everyone's down here and they're like, whatever, it's just another media piece. I'll just get it over with in five <laughs> minutes. So, yeah, I did that. And then I ran out of money making that. So I edited the whole thing. And then really how I got good at making house was I didn't have enough money to license all the music. So I made a track that sounded like Derek May. I made a track that sounded <laughs> like Juan Atkins. I made a track that sounded like... Paul Van Dyke made a track that sounded like everybody was on it that didn't yeah. license me a track. Yeah. So I knew how to make house like, at the oh, end. Oh, of you it. won't give it to me? I'll build one of my own, <laughs> right. damn it. Well, listen, that sounds like that's probably the best and the I know. perfect way it to actually like graduate learn how to produce school. music. It's like, don't go to graduate school, make, no, a, no. make a documentary. Listen, pe- people always used to tell me, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into the music business. I'm going to go to the engineering school. I'm like, stop. Do you want to build mixing desks? Right. Do you want to learn how to take apart uh, yeah. you know, a cello or an oboe? Don't do it. Right. Unless you want to be a studio engineer yeah, in a rock band yeah, but, environment or but something. But 90% or, of the people telling me these are, are DJs and people that want yeah. to make beats and want to yeah. make either hip-hop or house. And I'm like, why don't you just go buy a sampler just or a drum machine? Ableton or something. I mean, don't talk about back then. Yeah. Now it's like, yeah. buy a computer. I think that programs. was my main hang-up in the beginning, yeah. and that's actually why I made that that thing piece was because I was so frustrated that I couldn't find out any information that I needed to know. So I was just winging it, buying pieces of gear that I didn't know if they would work together. I couldn't get the information. It's not like the internet where you just type it in and everyone knows what to do. 
it was like Sound on Sound has a very confusing article about <laughs> some sample rate, and that's it. You know, pe- people don't people don't realize the actual value behind the yeah. DIY. Right. One of the things I've realized every time I've listened to tracks on Dirty Bird. I always hear that DIY mentality behind almost everything. And I yeah, know that definitely you. has a lot to do with how you've kind of uh, groomed the mentality behind it. Yeah, that's the ethos kind of the whole brand. It's like we just try to do everything ourselves. And even when we do, we'll we'll take gigs at the big yeah. festivals and we play ball with everyone. But in general, we want to like talk to our fans directly. And my wife is really into just like, getting all of the data that so that we talk to everyone without going through third party and like all this I think focus pocus data stuff and see the thing is I think that's one of the reasons why you and Dirty Bird have had such a strong response you guys have built a community and you know I, I, I look at the fact that you work with your wife putting this together how do you manage that balance yeah. because this is this is you knew this was coming how does yeah. that balance, you know, let me actually, let me well, actually t- phrase it like this. How does that balance work for you in the terms of this is work time, honey? Yeah. And this is just we like, We have like a 6 p.m. cutoff where if you talk about work after 6 p.m., you're a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I, and, you know. <laughs> but I will say that in the first 10 years, she did not work on it. But I would just come and complain to her every day. About so everything that was going okay. wrong. So this this is a different right. dynamic. Usually it's us right. talking about like you know that that sample man that loop that twenty four bars and I could really really go back and do it. It was her doing it. No, no, I was me? doing. Oh, it. you were. Oh, see, I, I was doing all of it, okay. and then she just saw how bad I was. <laughs> <laughs> and then when she came in, it really blew up when she came in. That's probably five six years ago. Because I was like, I don't know, I was just running it, like literally so ghetto, like just one, two people. Out. Yeah. We don't know Gorilla. what we're doing. We just scrape by. We just put out the records. I, I heard I heard, a, I heard there was a rumor that she gave you one year to turn it around. Ah, uh, no. This was in the very beginning. Oh, was that in the very beginning? Very beginning okay. uh, when I had nothing going on, uh, I told, I, she knew that I wanted to do this. And so... I had saved up a decent amount of money doing film projects for her. For her, uh, she worked at Leapfrog, which is like a kids' oh, yeah. educational company. Yeah, yeah. So I was doing these like videos for them where ki- little kids would play with the, with the prototypes. Yeah. See, now I get where all like the little you know one of the things I've always wanted to ask you is like, dude, you're getting some of these like sick, really little kid weird samples to like throw on tracks yeah. that I like. I've got my kids. Listen, I've got a 12 year old daughter. I ah. haven't I haven't gotten that many weird things that I could actually use. Maybe my daughter's not weird my enough. Kids I don't know. Think of song titles and stuff. It's crazy. But it. yeah. So then I she said okay. She's very like, I'm like, oh, let's just do everything. I have this huge dream. And she's like, show me the numbers of why it's going to work. <laughs> so it was a really good combination, actually. She said, okay, I've seen your business plan for this record label. You have one year. If you can make this much money doing this, you can do it forever. Right. If you don't make it, then it's time back to, make to the kids. grindstone. Back, back to the kids. Right. Back to the, no, no back to just job, job life. Uh-oh. And so, uh, yeah, I destroyed it motivator. because I was so focused that 
that was the best gift ever. Oh, but the gift was is that yeah. she would pay the rent because she had a good job. All right. So All right. I got the like full focus. It's very rare that someone can focus a hundred percent on something. You usually don't have the luxury. The pressures yeah. of the other stuff. And it was like the best gift ever. It's like I got to do it maniac style, just 100% every day, all day for a year. Going all in yeah. is always the best way. Yeah. I was I, like a psycho. Yeah. I was yeah. like, we're making this happen. It's like, you give me a year, <laughs> God damn it, I'm going right. to give you something at the end of the yeah, year. Yeah, I doubled or tripled me. it or whatever. It was amazing. Like oh, It, it awesome. wasn't even close. I think it's because you kind of had that pressure of the gun up against yeah. your head. yeah. Sometimes we need that. You man. need it. Women are good to give you a little bit of that. You know, here's a pistol <laughs> on your head. Let's see what. Let's see what you're talking. Let's see if all of that mouth actually yeah. amounts to something. Well, in this case, it actually did. So yeah. You, so when that happened, she's happens, amazing. She's very yeah. good motivator. Love her. We got to get her on the show. Yeah. I haven't She'd seen be her better on yours than yet. me. No, 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 no. <laughs> I want to get both. No, you know what it is? I want both of you on the okay. show. Okay. Yeah, that'd be funny. Because I exact because exactly that. I know the dynamic's gonna be one of those like. How did that go, honey? Right. Yeah. Let, did that let's, story really happen? Did that really happen that way? No, let me tell you how it really happened. Yeah. What you is, definitely you know, would get that. Now, now, what are some of the highlights that you've had throughout this time, especially coming from the point of the gun up against your head to actually turning it around and tripling down on it? I mean, I'll, as you probably know, like all the first time anything happens is usually like oh, the, oh, my God, like the first time I signed a record somewhere this else real besides now. Dirty Bird. Yeah. The first time we sold any amount of copies of a record. Uh, the very first Dirty Bird camp out that didn't go down in flames was like <laughs> probably the best day ever. Besides like my children. Now, here's, now, that, now see, this is interesting. People don't realize when they see something as successful as Dirty Bird yeah. and as the Dirty Bird camps, they don't realize how many times it's had to go down in flames before oh you get God. it Oh, my God. There's a couple of times, even in Miami, yeah. where we went down in flames. More than once. How, like what did you learn from those times? Like, permitting, like, like, like blown, blown yeah. party ruined, life destroyed for yeah. three days or whatever. You know, it's funny. When, <laughs> when things are going that bad, you're yeah. there, I just want to kill myself. It's so bad. It's like the, <laughs> the feeling in your gut when you know your entire party's done and everyone's disappointed. It's the worst feeling ever. And and what's interesting is at that point, that's literally what, what I've had to learn, which I'm pretty sure you did too, is like, okay, now that that's done, yeah. the world has ended. I'm still breathing. I'm still alive. Yeah. So the, that's the, end the hard moment, part. The, so, but then comes this. What did you learn from that? Yeah. I learned to get my shit together. <laughs> <laughs> the Don't mess around with the stuff like the... The permitting, like there's That's, no wiggle room. No, no. Did you did you see the fire festival? Movie? Yes, it, that okay. movie stressed me out more than any movie I've ever watched. It was worse than a horror movie. Uh, listen, my girl and I are watching it, and she literally like she had to pause it and go, "I need a break." Yeah, it was to hard go, to watch. For we me had to too. take a shot of tequila to kind of get through. Do you it. know what part? There was a part in the movie when I was started to be okay with it, though, when I realized that he wasn't trying to do good festival. Yeah. Because up until then, I was like, oh, this guy's just going to die. 
and, you and he's trying. For, yeah, that's the thing. You thought but he was once he I was knew that you. he wasn't he's trying, like, I was yeah. like, oh fuck this guy. You you, you know what he, you, you know what that was all about. Yeah. I mean, it's like how many chicks can I actually get on a boat? Right. And how much ass can I get out? It of was this? unbelievable. And how can I look like the man? I can't even believe that story. You know, my favorite part was like, so I had to take one for the team, and I was gonna suck his dick. Yes, that that part <laughs> was unbelievable. Guy, we all need a guy like that, though. It just shows you how charismatic the owner of Fire Festival was that he almost got his guy to go do that. I mean, the interesting thing is when you see something like that go down as bad as it, yeah. it has gone down, you got to thank God for everything. Yeah, I mean, we... For, for, the, for the bad ones that you had. Yeah, we had some problems <laughs> at our East Coast camp out, and I was like, oh, that wasn't even that bad compared after I watched <laughs> Fire Festival. That was nothing. I, I think everybody... I think any promoter needs to see that movie just to give yeah. themselves a pickup when things are going down. Yeah, really it's a good badly. motivational <laughs> promoter movie. <laughs> so now, you know, you've got your record label. Yeah. You've got camp outs. You've got... Now you're also doing your own radio, your own kind of a broadcast and everything. Yeah. Which one of them really, really is what you go, okay, this is my baby? Which, I mean, it's kind of hard it to kind of It changes by the month. <laughs> well, <laughs> anyway, which one is stressing you out the least this month? <laughs> well, the most fun right now is the YouTube show because it's new. It's like shiny and new. It's only on like episode eight. And we did that because... I got really sick of social media and just like, oh, let's just post the like, next recap video and like, oh, we need to do this. And I was like, man, why don't we just do something that I actually want to do yeah. and then post that? So we thought up this weird talk show that kind of takes... I also was saying I'm I'm just like a studio rat. Yeah. So I was just sitting in the studio all day like getting all pasty and never going anywhere and, like, not doing anything. <laughs> Thinking about installing some, like, UV lights yeah. to give you a little bit so of studio I, time. Well, I was like, what can we do that will be fun? I might even get out of the office. <laughs> it could be interesting. I can do something different every week. It'll be a different theme and a different kind of guest. And so we just thought of this weird, unusual, abstract, like, <laughs> uncomfortable talk show. I like that though. <laughs> that, I like that. It's kind of my personality, but also Dirty Bird personality, and so that's what's the most fun right now. But who knows? I mean, I I still like doing the radio show and everything else. I mean, I got a lot of music coming out too that I still I still work on music every day. You know, it's interesting. I think that one of the things that people um, ask me the most is how do you find time for everything? Yeah, and and the thing that I always tell them is when you love what you do. There's never too much. There's never, like, you never have enough hours to complete everything you want because That's you true. just want to keep on going. I, that is absolutely true. I I do have limited time, though, so it is difficult. I mean, you know. If you Six o'clock cutoff. Yeah, it's hard to get it all in. I even have someone that I talk to weekly that just is like a time management person. Oh, see, I might need... That's just like... Dude, I might need their number. Yeah, he, he's really good. <laughs> I might he's need their almost number. like turned into my shrink in some way. <laughs> he's just like, no, 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 this is what you do. Just finish this, 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 and this. And how many hours is that really going to take you? Then we dissect how many hours it's really going to take. And then he's like, see, it's not that bad. Because you know I'll just is? go in and be like, I can't finish it. <laughs> you know what it is? It, and this is very, very important. 
the amount of discipline you need to actually do everything is far more important than how many how much resource you throw at it. Time management is yeah. actually probably the best strategy that I found even within my own life. It is. It's very get important. Done. And I see like the kids that are coming up now and I'm I'm not really that scared because we still work 50 <laughs> times harder than everyone else. Well, that's the thing, man. You, you know, and, and it's not just because you work 50 times yeah. harder. You actually are doing it because you love it. One thing yeah, I have to say. I do love it. And, and not only does this show, the way you go about things is very unique. Dirty Bird not only uh, means a particular sound of music. I mean, look, there's not a lot of people that could say they invented a, a sound, a style of 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 music or right. a lifestyle. There's a mentality that goes behind it, which is very much like, I don't give a shit what you guys think. This is what I think is cool. Today I think yeah. it's purple frogs and, and, I don't know, green popcorn. That's cool. What I love about that is that it shows that you come from a very unique and individual approach to things. What's the thing that you want to tell mm. your kids in terms of coming up in this world whether they want to do music or whatever yeah. they want to do, what's your advice to them? And let's say yeah, another good. producer or maybe somebody wants to wants to start off in this. What's your advice to them on that? Yeah, you got to believe in yourself, and it it's okay to copy someone to an extent as long as you have your personality. Like it's good. I actually recommend going and copying some tracks to learn how to make tracks. Absolutely. And you probably won't end up with the same thing anyway because that's kind of impossible well, to copy it, it, something for, like verbatim. It's like somebody trying to paint a Picasso right. and you then they come up with a It's not really going to happen. <laughs> but uh, after you've done that phase and you kind of know what you're doing, then you really have to figure out what you are about. And then for me, I just feel lucky because I didn't think that much. I, I literally just did it. And I've been making music for so long that it was almost like, oh, here, here, yeah, I'm, de I'm just debuting right now. Right. But I've been, I've been making music for like 20 years, so it's like everything just came together at the same time. And I would say that a lot of times now, people are not prepared for what's going to happen. Yeah. When, when things it actually works. pops off. It's exactly. actually harder when it works yeah. than when it isn't working, even though that seems impossible to believe. You know what it is? It's because there's not only the sheer amount of work, it's the expectation. Yeah, and you'll notice a lot of yeah. people will have a big breakout, and then you won't hear another track from them for like two years because the road is just eating them alive, and they just can't Completely. get it done. You know, one of the things I've had to do to be productive is I learn how to produce music on the road. Have you yeah, wanted to do the same thing on the I make I make beats on yeah. the road, but I cannot like complete, complete it. it. Yeah, I don't know how you do it. I'll, I'll be <laughs> honest with you. It's literally, uh, I did this. I used to have tour managers and a whole team of people. Yeah. Um, I had uh, probably a very, very uh, difficult period of time with ex-managers. And uh, financially, there, there came the crunch that I'm thankful for to this day, where I literally had to strip it back. Yeah get off business, fly about a year in economy by myself and just get into my own head. Within that year is when I learned, okay, let me focus on completing something because I got nobody to talk to, nobody who I have to 
keep entertained for the next hour or on the next five hours on a flight. That's when I learned to kind of sit down and just focus. Yeah. And then I learned to have fun with it again. Because what happened is it turned into a job. Yeah. So I can for, see that. For you, has, has it, has it be, ever be, felt like it became a job or have you always been able to have that much fun with it? Every once in a while it gets that, like that when there's a lot of things floating around that aren't part of the music that I have to make decisions on. I, it can get irritating, but what do you I, do when it gets I to that still point? feel like every time it gets to that point, I still remember what I did before this. True. And I had a lot of jobs because I didn't really make it until like 30, 32 years old. So I'm just like gratitude. I'm glad I'm not assistant editor on that men's <laughs> warehouse commercial anymore. <laughs> like, listen, I'm, not, I'm glad I'm not going through like dubbing like 400 VHSs in the back room until three in the morning. I'm glad I'm not stocking women's shoes anymore. Right. I mean, there but listen, go. it's gratitude. Yeah, it's the thing that I feel separates real successful people yeah. from people that are just trying to prove a certain point or trying to like just get as much money as they can or as many, as many chicks as they can. It's the fact that you're grateful yeah. for where you're at. And there are a lot of opportunity. This is another thing that is the, the one of the hardest things, <clears throat> I think, is to know what who you are yeah. to the point where you can turn down an unbelievable offer or unbelievable project because you know that's not the right that's project you. for you yep. and it's not the right thing that you should be doing. I think that's really difficult for people. It's but hard if you when, know yourself, yeah. you know like, no, I can't do that. Listen, like, it, It's it, like the most money I've ever been offered, but I can't yeah. do it. Listen, it's hard when you, yeah. especially if you've come from like dirt, yeah. It's hard when somebody waves a ton of money in your face because now you're yeah. hot for whatever you've done, but you know that's the wrong move. What you've said is the thing that I've lived by for years, and I agree. It's not about how much you make. Every single choice you make is a is a stone in the path that leads you to where you want to actually be or where you don't want to be, Right, depending on the shortcuts you take. Whatever the worst song that you ever made is, is going to be your number one track. That that's people, my night. That's that, what I say. Like, that people are going to remember you <laughs> right. for. It's, it's going to be the the one that you hated the most. <laughs> it's going to be the one that everyone asks you to play every night for the rest of your life. That's right. <laughs> so don't make any bad ones, and your life <laughs> will be have great. Fun. <laughs> right. Listen, with all the work and all the traveling, yeah. and all the music producing, how do you balance your health? Because I'll tell you this much: I've seen mm. you over the years, and like myself. I'm a big guy. Yeah. I've kind of like grown a bit. Yeah, yeah, shrunk yeah. Shrunk a bit. How do you keep healthy nowadays? Like what are you doing for your mind as well as your body to keep things on the on the, on the less closest to I'm about to kill over from a heart attack mode? Yeah, I mean, I, I'll admit I got pretty sloppy Oreos. in there for a while, <laughs> but I stopped drinking in July and I've like tripled my output since then. And that's been really helpful. That's been the most helpful thing. And I exercise. I started exercising with my son every morning. Listen, having, like a, just having a kid is the best. Yeah. The best he wants excuse. to do it. Yeah. yeah, daddy time. It's cool. Best excuse. Get so, up and work. I don't know. And I, one of the main things that I just started working on in the last three months that's actually working out really well is just trying to establish a sleep pattern. Because yeah. being a DJ is almost impossible. Yeah. 
but you can do it. I have some tweaks. You can figure it out, but it's very difficult to do. You have to be kind of militant, but I, that you, is you, a big you, one. You know what I do? So this, yeah. this is one of the things that I've found. I have a hard time sleeping on planes. And since yeah, me too. so much of the time that we spend is on planes, um, I wound up doing these. This, this may sound really weird. I wind up listening to these little um, apps that I have on my phone of like rain. Yeah, yeah. I have like all that, the same, right? same thing. But what happens is when I started to regularly put that on, it just, my brain started thinking, this is on, time to sleep. Yeah. That that's that's my little. Hack. I literally have the same. I listen to the that's same the thing every night. Yeah. We probably download yeah, the same. Yeah. Calm. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I have that. I mean, it, make, it, it makes it makes such a difference. You know, and this is the thing. A, a lot of um, a lot of what's been happening, what's been coming to light recently in terms of mental health. I mean, we talk about lack of sleep and so on and so forth. Being on the road, it's one of the things that's hadn't been spoken about for a long time in our industry. Right. And you're seeing a lot of like, I, oh, you saw what happened with Avicii, and I knew Tim. Mm. I gave him his very first remix. I've seen that boy from when he was like 16 years old. It broke my heart. Yeah, that's sad. Keith Flint, I knew him back in the 90s. That broke my heart. It's one of the things that people don't talk about in our field. Yeah, the road is crazy, and it is really easy to go haywire yeah and no one cares because that's what you're supposed to do in quotes and like yeah. like you're supposed to be how dare you complain and partying and having fun with every single promoter at every single club and you if you can get to the point where you don't care yeah what they think about if you're partying or not that's a hard place to get to but it is important because even if you are partying, sometimes you can't yeah. do it every night. It, it'll it, just eat you alive. You know, one of the things is that people don't understand is when you come into town and you're playing a gig, that's, for them, that's your one night. That's the one time a year they're going to see you, but it's like the 30th the time. The 30th time <laughs> that, wait, right. that, that month. It's hard to explain. And it's only week two. Yeah. And it's one of the things that, so when did you realize, when did you start kind of implementing? Because that, you have to be really, really militantly. I'm not that smart. I only started implementing that like this year. <laughs> listen, listen. It doesn't matter if it was right. this, if it just happened this year. The fact that, you put it this way, you look good. Oh, thank you. You, you look like you're so not. You. You know, but listen, now I've been a lot more militant for a very long time. Uh, I have a military background. Ah, okay, going cool. Way back when I was a kid, I did Marine Corps ROTC. Oh, right and that kind of stuck in my head. Yeah. Not a lot of people have that level no, of, definitely of not. like, you know, okay, somebody yelling in your ear and, you know, drop and do 10. But what I have noticed is, the people that are really, really successful nowadays, especially in our field, more often than not, that have any level of durability, durability, have hit that wall. Yeah, bounce back and go. Oh, yeah, that didn't feel too good. Let me try something else. Yeah, I've noticed that as well. There's all kinds of people that, like, I've even heard. I won't name any names, but I love these stories of like the people that empty out their vodka bottles and put water in it, and then they drink the water on stage like they're getting wasted. That cracks me up. I love that story. I, I think it's hilarious because it's it's people really feel, and I think now more in the social media age, people really feel like they have to put on a show with their entire yeah. life. Well, and then that it. is one of the things that I think social media has really changed that <clears throat> I struggle with a little bit because. Because, so when 
like when I was just going out to warehouses in Detroit and whatever, it wasn't really a hundred percent about looking at this person and just watching them the whole time. It was really about just dancing with your friends. Yep. And yeah, you would look over there and maybe you'd check in. But now it <clears throat> Yeah. Because of all the video and everything that's out, it's uh, more like a rock concert where you yeah. you are basically staring at the person performing the entire time, which means that if the person performing is kind of a dead fish, <laughs> like yeah. they don't move around yeah. at all and they're just like head down, like concentrating, they're not going to do as well as kind of the maniac type personality and so the maniac kind of it's like the show yeah it started encouraged. to become an yeah. element yeah which wasn't there when i started at all listen djs are the most boring people to yeah. watch when they're actually really right when they're good and good yeah okay when they're actually mixing i mean listen yeah well, how I, can you like dance around and jump up and down if you are actually doing really good. Are you good standing mixing? on top of the booth? I mean, yeah. I'm not going to name any names. I will. I listen. That listen to to that to that effect. There are some really entertaining people. Yeah, we'll I call know. them DJs. Like it's you got cool. guys like Salvatore Ganacci who's up there, who I happen to love just for the sheer like really. Yeah, I mean, there's it. good shows, but it's and a great then show. Good DJs, and they're not, not a, always yeah. the same thing. It it it's about understanding the culture of what we do as opposed to the sideshow of what people think it is that we do. But, to be fair, no, I've, we're kind of old and nobody cares <laughs> about the what's supposed to happen. They only want to see the show. That's what I think. <laughs> Just get, get really good visuals and pyrotechnics. Right. <laughs> what do you see? It's definitely something that I think about because I'm yeah. like, man, I don't know if I want to start... Jumping around like that, that's insane. You know what's funny, though? I'm going to tell you this. This is the truth. Um, I know for me personally, I'm always doing something. People yeah. know me because I play on four decks, and yeah. that's, that's my fun. You have an energy and a vibe that you put out when you play, whether you realize it or not. And I think What is it, like happy? It, 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 no, it's just warped. 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 <laughs> and honestly, straight up, I'll tell you, it's just that warped mentality. It's take like the like the Brits say, it's taking the piss out uh, of yourself. Yeah. But at the same time, having fun with it. That's what I love about the dirty bird mentality. Is I've kinda if I kinda have to lump it all, it's like we're just gonna have a hell of a lot of yeah. fun doing it. We're not gonna try to impress anyone. We're too busy laughing at our own jokes yeah. to try to impress you. That's a good way to put it. I like that. And that's what I've that's what I've always gotten from you, and that's one of the things that I feel like even the even the the moniker of Claude von Stroke because I heard a story about where it came from and I think you I would love to hear up. what you know no 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 no, you no, think I, it was, it, no 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 it was something that you posted I oh, think you, probably, were, you yeah. were talking about like you were trying to come up with names and yeah we were just rolling like whatever we were uh, not in not insane mode <laughs> and uh, someone's like let's think of. Your fake European techno DJ names, and everyone started. That just sound like porn stars. Yeah, and everyone <laughs> just started throwing out names, and then I somehow just threw out Claude von Stroke. I don't know wh where that came from, but <laughs> I, I said I, it, and then everyone laughed. It was a pornographic martial arts movie. Yeah, that's my, that's, that was my theory. It was like Claude Jean Claude Van Damme featuring Long Dong Silver, right? But like well, I <laughs> kind of forgot about it, and then the people that we were with, uh, this one girl Nicole had a birthday. 
and she thought it was funny. So I was DJing her birthday. That's at, what like I heard. this little twenty person place. <laughs> and so she's like Nicole's birthday featuring Claude Von Stroke and made a flyer. And then I had the record coming out. Yep. And so I just changed the name from Barkley to Claude Von Stroke. And it was the record was called Deep Throat. So it was yep. just like perfect Deep Throat by Claude Von Stroke on Dirty Bird. And it was just like the perfect <laughs> combination. <laughs> Listen, it's like I said, Kung Fu porn. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly. a thing. Kung right. Fu porn. Listen, from Germany. Time, from Germany. <laughs> <laughs> with, with Swedish actors. Yes. What do you dubbed. see the future? Yeah, dubbed. <laughs> dubbed, in, dubbed. Dubbed in Mandarin. Right. <laughs> Let's see you people wrap your head around that one. What do you think, um, what do you see in the future for, for yourself, for the whole Dirty Bird family? What do you want to happen? Um, wow, I don't know. I, I really want to. I know it's to, real broad, and I'm sorry to kind of throw it super broad. I but think. What I, do you want? I really want to anchor the year in our festivals. And really grow this one in Chicago that I started last and by, year. By the way, I'm going to interrupt to say you you better hit me up at some point in time because oh, I, de- I definitely want to play one of those. And definitely. I've been talking to Gene Farris. He's like, bro, you got to come down. It's a Star Wars fest. <laughs> my bro. <laughs> I love Gene Farris. Oh, man. That's my boy. Uh, yeah. I I want to just keep pushing it like and keep and see where we can get to. But, I mean, I also don't want to push it to the point where it's bad. So like okay. what would be what would look bad? I just to think you? like I'm just saying like numbers like capping right. the attendance at things and just like being mindful of what the experience is when you get there. And we're always big on making sure it's there's something to do if you just need to take a break and let just laugh or something. We have like side stages and things like that. And we're, we're expanding on that a little bit because that's my favorite part about camp out. It's like you can play games with your friends. You're on all, all different color teams. And then there's a whole stage. I've seen the tug of war. Those things yeah. are great. And there's a whole stage that's literally just comedy and weirdness all day long. And it has no music. I love it. And just like it's the bingo and fun stuff. And it's not really... Because, you know, you can go to a festival and listen to music for three days straight. But, I mean, it there's, would there's, be, there's, it's fun to go away and, and get lost yeah. in, like, the n- middle of the night and just wander in a place and they're, like, they have, like, alligator on stage and whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, or, Now, listen, it's the closest thing to a music version of Disney World. <laughs> but really messed Wait, up Disney no, World. Li- listen... Disney World with like Martians, Kung Fu midgets. You love Kung Fu, though. I love Kung Fu. Can you tell? Can you tell in my Saturday? Listen, yeah. I, the big thing in New York when I was growing up was the Saturday morning Kung oh, Fu yeah. flicks. I know you the yeah really we had that badly dubbed yeah. Kung Fu flicks. That They're amazing. And, and and I think it's that mentality that really sets what you're doing apart because there's tons and tons of festivals out there. And yeah. I, and but but when I ever whenever I ask anybody to tell me. What sets Dirty Bird apart from anything else? The first thing they tell me, like, dude, it's just so twisted. Yeah, it's, it's fun. just so so much fun. Well, we a lot of festivals will say, "Hey, we have all this other stuff," but I really think that, it, for the most part, because I've been to almost everything, that in their minds, that's really an add-on. Mm-hmm. 
But at our festival, it's not an add-on. It's actually the DNA of the festival is the weird part. And then we also have music. Yeah. And it's, by the way. Yeah. By the way, we also have like everyone on Dirty Bird <laughs> plus a bunch of really obscure bookings and like fun stuff. And yeah. Having fun is really, I think, what's the best part of the DNA of everything that you're doing right now. Thank so you. Congratulations on that, my man. Thanks. And thank you for stopping through the show. Thanks for having me. This is great. Now, listen, I'm on, when you're ready, I'll come on yours. Absolutely. We'd love to have you. Thank you very much, Claude. Monsieur Buckley. 